All right, let's turn to Tech Stories. It's a Tech Tuesday. Our tech expert, Carmi Levy, is here. Good morning. Good morning, John. So great to be with you. Nice to have you. So Voyager 1 is having some issues. Yeah, it only took 46, almost 46 and a half years after launch before the hardware finally started to really fail. They've had glitches along the way in December, for example, they had problems pointing it so it, it wasn't able to send and receive data properly and they finally got that figured out. And now there's another problem that is apparently much worse and they're all, they're starting to they're sort of say, you're hearing murmurs, this could be mission ending. It is, a, they're, they're calling it a memory error within the flight data system, the FDS. Yeah. So basically, the RAM, it's like the RAM on your laptop, of course, a, a much less powerful uh, piece of equipment because this was you know, launched in 1977. Uh, but basically, it is unable to, uh, it's supposed to receive the data from Earth uh, that, that uh, controllers send it. And then it's supposed to share it with all the other uh, telemetry uh, on board. And then when all that's done, all the science is done, it then collects that data back and sends it back to Earth. Well, this FDS just is, there's something wrong. The, F, the you know, chunk of memory has gone bad, which, you know, almost half a century in space, you would expect at some point it would fail. Uh, and they're trying everything they can, and they just can't get it back. So all they're hearing is gibberish, just a bunch of random zeros and ones, binary data from uh, the probe, but certainly no usable uh, science, no usable data. And uh, they are starting to kind of set the stage uh, to prepare us for the end of what could be probably the most famous space probe in history. Okay, and its mission was what, to uh, explore the <laughs> explore the universe and seek new people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it explored, it, it, it passed, it, it went past all the planets first, uh, you know, first to explore Jupiter, first to explore, uh, 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 I think it went past Uranus, and it was the first, obviously, to leave the solar system. Yeah, I know, I, I had to say Uranus. Um, <laughs> and so now it's in what's called the heliosphere. It's, tw it's 24 billion kilometers away from Earth. Uh, commands take 22 and a half hours to get there. And uh, it's in the space where essentially the solar system it no longer exists. The, the wind from the sun is canceled out by uh, by uh, interstellar uh, uh, space, and so I mean it's incredible. It's an entirely new place. Well, obviously, we've never been to. Um, it's way beyond its original design life, and they just keep extending it and extending it. And it looks like they may be running out of miracles to keep this thing going. Tell me what uh, Meta is doing with AI labels. Uh, they are launching an initiative to put artificial intelligence labels uh, on every post on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Basically, when you look at where the posting information, uh, the date, sort of who posted it, uh, there will be a little label below it that if you click it, it'll tell you that, yes, this was created or imagined by AI, and it'll give you some more information on the origins of it. It'll make it easier to tell the difference between something that was processed by AI and something that is real. Of course, the inability to tell that difference, the fact that we don't have labeling now makes it very easy for deep fakes to slip in, very easy for people to post things that look real, but in fact are not. They're working on technical standards. They're working with their partners. Um, it's only imagery for now. So no videos, no audio, um, but you know, it's a start uh, and they're working with other companies as well to make sure that this is industry standard. Let's talk about ransomware hackers. And this, of course, is where you know they'll come in, take Take over your computers, lock up your data, and then ask you for money in order to let you have the data again. And this is an extraordinary sum that they shook people down for last year. 
comes to us from a company called Chainalysis. They track cryptocurrency payments worldwide. And so they looked at 2023 and they said that a billion dollars last year uh, was spent in ransomware ransoms. They say that's a record high. Uh, They're saying 75% of them are for a million dollars or more. So not only is the overall number going up, but the size of each ransomware attack is also getting bigger. Criminals are getting better. They're asking for more money. Uh, I'm thinking this number is just a fraction of what it is. And we've consistently seen that this is one of the most underreported types of cybercrime that there is. Because if you're a company that was targeted by it, you really don't want to admit that you were. There's a huge amount of shame and embarrassment associated with it. People don't want to damage their businesses going forward. So uh, big problem, getting bigger. Each one is more expensive. And uh, a billion dollars sounds big. We'll probably never know the, the, the actual number. And that number, of course, keeps getting bigger by the year. But what's really interesting, Carmi, is they don't go after most of the time anyway. They don't go after the whales, they go after the minnows. So for example, they're not going to shake down IBM, but they are going to shake down a small town in Ontario because they're going to get $25,000 because the small town couldn't afford the protection to prevent it from happening. Exactly. And they know that it's it's the weakest link. And you go after that weakest link, the uh, the civic organizations, regional organizations, governments that cannot afford to pay their people uh, to, to go get training for cybersecurity against ransomware. And so they know full well that these are what we like to call easy marks. Uh, and unfortunately, if you if you kind of hopscotch across the map of Ontario, uh, you see community after community that is being targeted. We saw libraries in yeah. Toronto uh, and London. In last year's also that's a new sort of area that cyber criminals have glommed onto, and that's going to continue. You're going to continue to see sectors of the of society and sectors of industry that are particularly vulnerable because of inadequate training. They're just going to keep going after them, and those numbers are going to keep going up as well. And guess in the end, who pays for it? You and me. So there is an urging for a new approach to harmful online content. What is it? Yeah, so the online harms bill um, is a proposed piece of legislation that the federal government has promised to bring forward. They did have one on the books in 2021 that was introduced, but it was widely panned uh, because uh, it, it it didn't achieve balance. It was uh, it was considered too punitive. It was considered it wasn't subtle enough to sort of know the difference between true online harm, content that action can actually do harm, uh, and uh, it, you know, impinging on freedom of speech freedom of expression. And so now there are calls to the federal government to reintroduce it. Of course, it died on the docket when the uh, when the election was called. Uh, and now they are saying reintroduce it. They're, they're, conservatives are, uh, are are criticizing the government, saying they haven't gotten it yet. Uh, it certainly is. A, it's, a, it's a favorite comment of Pierre Poliev. But uh, uh, this is important. The federal government has to get it right. The US, Australia, other countries are moving ahead with their own legislation. And if we don't get it right, it makes it a lot easier easier for us to be abused online makes it a lot harder for the government to do anything realistic about it. Carmi, thank you so much. Nice to have you this morning. Great being here, John. Thank you. Carmi Levy on a Tech Tuesday.